right, hello and welcome to another episode of Observe and Report. I'm one of your hosts, Jason Simmons, and across from me as always, Jack Smith. Hello. And this is Observe and Report. This is the show where we watch things and we tell you how we feel about them. And coming up close to the end of the year, we've been watching a bunch of stuff. It's getting colder. That means you should be watching a bunch of stuff too. Stay inside. Don't go out. <laughs> All right. Um, since we last met, I've watched quite a bit. Me too, because it was Thanksgiving. It was Thanksgiving. A lot of things came out over the Thanksgiving break. Mm. Um, for instance, I, on Disney+, Plus, started watching Hawkeye oh, God. with our perfect angel boy. Your, not our, don't bring me into this. <laughs> He's your son, not ours. My lovely boy, Jeremy Renner. Oh, God. Uh, again, in the titular role as Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. This time... Bringing uh, Haley Steinfield under his wing. Do you get it, Hawkeye? Oh, Wings? Get... Anyway. Anyway. This just gets worse. <laughs> it's, uh, it's starring Hawkeye. Oh, sorry, Hawkeye. Starring Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld. Um, and it is the newest uh, Marvel series on Disney+. Plus. Um, it is all based uh, at the holiday times. Um, the basic premise is... Hawkeye's on vacation with his family. You know, they're in New York City living it up, having a good time, looking at the Avengers play. I don't understand why his wife stayed behind. Why his wife stayed behind? What do you mean? Like, why she didn't... Why she didn't go with them to New York. Uh, Moms need mom time, all right? You know, I'm not a parent, but like, you want to be around runner all day? No. (laughs) Then you get it. You're right. My mistake. (laughs) Um, and yeah, like, um, introducing the new character, Kate Bishop, played by Haley Steinfeld, uh, who looks up to Hawkeye as, you know, this idol, but she's never actually met him. Uh, she's trained her whole life in various martial arts and archery to be very much like her idol and through chance, through a black market auction, uh, takes on the mantle of Ronan as we all saw him take on in Avengers, uh, Endgame. Uh, she did not take on his cool haircut, sadly. (laughs) Uh, um, but the story is about them trying to uh, kind of destroy the costume and clear the name of Kate Bishop while also burying the identity of Roden again Um, I like it so far I think it's pretty cool of course you do I I watched the first two episodes Mm -hmm. and I was just like Jason's gonna fucking watch this show (laughs) and he's gonna think it's good and I don't uh, Tell me what you did not enjoy about it. Most of it. <laughs> um, I just, I don't. It's just kind of blah. I think it's much more uh, admired in reality. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, which is less fun, <laughs> and mm. it's reality with Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> um. I didn't, I really like Haley Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. I was, um, I found her character a little annoying. Oh yeah, her character is certainly like very annoying. Like, I mean, she's young. She's like early 20s, like mm-hmm. I get it. But um, they just keep digging themselves in deeper holes. I I feel bad for Jeremy Renner's character because he's just like, just like he's so put upon. <laughs> he's just like, come on, man. Um and so I'm just annoyed. Like, it's an annoying girl who's making things worse. I'm just mm-hmm. like, mm. But I'm only two episodes in, so I will continue watching. Because it seems like um, 
some other people might pop up, which I'm always in for. Um, anything for a break from Jeremy? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's totally fine with it. Um, the part where he has to go to like the LARPing thing and he has I to I really enjoyed that, that sequence. That was actually kind of fun. <laughs> like that was very fun. Like it's yeah. very like the whole thing is very low stakes. Yeah. But I really appreciated like we're going to have we can be funny here. Like yeah. it's not the world in danger. Right. He just needs to get a costume back basically. <laughs> and uh him like interacting like you know with the LARPers in the mm-hmm. park was a ton it of fun. Funny, yeah. Like we know like come on man, we know who you are. You're a goddamn Avenger just like play along like lose to me in this fight like which is really it was really cute it was really fun um it's interesting that his wife knows seemingly knows everything about his past Mm. that he was like you know killing gangsters yeah i mean i i get it you know they seem to have a very healthy relationship he's selling her everything (laughs) like hey while you were gone i kill people you know out of vengeance for you i went on a murder spree (laughs) unlike anything uh you know an individual has done in mm, human history pretty much all of his uh co-workers that survived the you know the snap they were pretty well adjusted all things considered you know like have there been other bad men in the past yes but have they single-handedly gone on such a spree no you know they usually had armies and this guy's just going for it it's like the rest of the avengers retired kind of he mm-hmm. went to overtime yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. he buzzed his hair and just really lost himself in. lost himself in his work <laughs> um, so to speak yeah so it's okay i'll keep going there's three episodes out now three episodes out so far i think they're gonna release weekly i don't think it's gonna be a long run i think maybe eight eight episodes total okay um i like the little details they're adding that like you know he's still suffering from survivor's guilt from like it probably should have been me that should have died yeah i agree <laughs> i like actually no he has a family so that makes more mm. sense I like that they add the little element of like, oh yeah, I'm deaf now from all the explosions my human ears had to take (laughs) over 10 years. I mean, you would think someone else in the Avengers would also have that, but... He's, you know... He's he's the most human of them. That is true. Like, I'm just a dude with an arrow. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's true, because Iron Man's in a suit, Captain's got a special body. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Natasha kind of has a special body. Like, yeah, she does. <laughs> eyebrow lift, eyebrow lift. Mm-hmm. Um, who, yeah, Hulk every, is, you know, the Hulk. Hulk is Hulk. Thor is Thor. Yeah, I guess he would. He's the most human of them all. So, yeah, yeah, just a dude. So, yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So, um, it was fine. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I would say that this is, of the Marvel things that have been made, like, they're giving the most credit to uh, creators of the comics. Like, the storyline this is based off of, like, very prominently in the credits it's like consulting producer like david aha like consulting producer like matt fraction like the writers and artists like you know they're giving huge credits to which is like a little unprecedented um which i like to see like i like to see the people that like you know made the source material getting their due are you familiar with this particular comic at all yes uh this particular line of hawkeye was very well received by like many people like it was a reverent the Renner family outside of the Renner family. <laughs> it was made, uh, I believe, in 2013, 2012, around there. It came out like right after the Avengers film, um, and it was just very much like a stripped down version of Hawkeye. He's not wearing a mask. He's just mm-hmm. like, you know, getting into hijinks. A lot of hijinks happening while still being like very. Uh, he doesn't strike me as a shenanigans type of guy. They were. This is like the first time they like tried to inject humor into Lighten it up a little bit, but still like you know, in, like involving him in like the world of crime. So okay. like. 
these gangsters, like the uh, the jumpsuit gang or whatever, or the uh, the tracksuit gang, mm-hmm. like they are taken directly from the page of the comic. Okay. Um, and yeah, like it's meant to be like light and funny, like kind of like a caper, Ocean's Eleven yeah, style, yeah, sort yeah. of. Okay. So it was nice to see that element kind of persist in the uh, show. Gotcha. Yeah. But what else have you been watching? So I'll just comment on this real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still watching Rizzoli and Isles. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's a guy who was uh, one of those people, those actors who just makes the rounds on all those types of oh, shows. Oh, yeah. And so the first time this actor showed up, he was a serial rapist slash serial killer on The Closer. And now he shows up as an FBI agent in Rizzolian Isles. But the whole time, I didn't trust him <laughs> because of his part in The Closer. I was like, I don't know. He's pretty shifty. He's very straightforward FBI agent. There are certain actors where that's the thing. Where it's like, this person's into the game. They can't be good. They can't be a good person. I didn't expect it. <laughs> Turns out he's fine. So continuing on that journey. But um, one thing I watched... Um, that I was intrigued by a little post, a little um, video of it on Instagram um, with Jason Sudeikis and Elizabeth Olsen. It was a little movie called Kodachrome. Oh, okay. Uh, it has Jason Sudeikis, Ed Harris, and Elizabeth Olsen. Um, Jason Sudeikis is a music executive uh, who has not been doing particularly well with his career. Uh, his last Hail Mary is to um, drive out. To, there's one band that he really wants to sign. Um, and his father, who he's had a very tumultuous relationship with, is Ed Harris, who is a professional photographer, very lauded, very famous mm-hmm. guy, but not a great dad. Um, and Ed Harris prefers he shoots his um, photos on Kodachrome and the last plants that um what's the word i'm looking for can like process the film Mm -hmm. is closing down it's a very organized premise of just like well we have to because of this we Mm -hmm. have to do this so it's fine a road trip drives the plot yes um so ed harris he's very ill he's dying so he wants his son to go out to drive him out there Mm -hmm. and the lawyer for ed harris it's a whole thing it's fine. Um, <laughs> so they drive out there. Um, and Elizabeth Olsen plays Ed Harris's nurse. Um, and it's predictable, but it was fine. It was cute. Um, I will say it doesn't shy away from how shitty people can be. It doesn't... Um, it ends up being stereotypical, but... They keep up the fact that Ed Harris, true, like his character, really is a dickhead, <laughs> and, and like things don't necessarily get better mm-hmm. um, until they do. So it was fine, predictable, but sweet. Um, and Jason Sudeikis and Elizabeth Olsen, I like their relationship, their chemistry. And do they try to make Sudeikis and Olsen be like romantically involved at all? It's like that's what do you think? Yes, obviously, given the plot of this movie, Mm -hmm. of course, Mm -hmm. but that just feels a little awkward to me. I don't know. It's all it is a movie you've seen a thousand times if you've ever seen a romantic comedy. Mm -hmm. 
But I am so charmed by Jason Sudeikis, and I really like Elizabeth Olsen, and I like Ed Harris. So I was like, oh, he's a charm- I'll take it. He's a charming guy. Um, this is one of those movies that has been on my Netflix queue forever, but got lost in the shuffle somewhere like yeah. two or three years ago. It was an easy Saturday afternoon, Absolutely. just light watch. You're like, okay, like, cool. Don't really think about it or dwell on it nope. too hard. Like, it is just entertainment. It is a spring breeze. Mm-hmm. And it's... You know, Ed Harris being an asshole is like his cottage industry, mm-hmm. but it is fun on the occasion where he is not that or plays against that. And it's yeah. rare, but it does happen every it's now true. and again. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, I feel like Jason Sudeikis has like quite the 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 filmography that's like readily available to people out mm. there, like across various streaming platforms. And you know he's he's had quite a few hits, but like I think he has also has a lot of things that are just a little under the radar, Very, like that. Yeah. Like, you know, last time we talked about um, uh, this movie that he did with Lee Pace, Jesus Christ, I forget the name now, but where in which he was tr- tricking John DeLorean, you know, in the 1980s. Oh, right, right, right. And it's just like yeah, he has this other set of films mm-hmm. that may not be the best known, but mm-hmm. are generally good. Yeah. Yeah, I I look forward to more things from him outside of. Ted Lasso, which is like one of the most popular things totally. on earth right now. <laughs> yes. Um, speaking of Elizabeth Olsen, mm. and speaking again of our perfect angel boy, oh, God. I watched <laughs> Wind River. Um, have you not seen it? I had not seen it. We talked oh, about it like yeah, yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I finally caught up <laughs> and I finally watched it. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. Yeah. It's a solid murder mystery set in you know uh wind river um colorado or was it wyoming and it really goes to show you that it is a uh, what happens on reservations i feel like it's not well known what happens on reservations how they're treated as far as like federal land how it's like it's kind of odd partnership between the people that live there yeah like do they own this or is this actually like you know government land that's owned by the united states yeah like the relationship interplay there is like interesting and like weird and it's complicating and devastating yeah yeah like and the basic premise of the film being that a murder happens on this indian reservation in wind river uh jeremy renner is just like a guy that works the land basically like you know he's a tracker he's a hunter elizabeth olsen has called him to investigate the murder that has happened here um and they have limited resources they're unable to get the full force of the fbi to come in because it technically is not a murder and the things that spring from there because of that mm-hmm. um it it's tense throughout um surprising like spouts of action that pop up every now and then mm-hmm. um great performances uh by people like graham green uh julia jones and john barenthal who like pops barenthal, up there. Yeah. i was like oh well well again like you know typifying actors like well he's going to be an asshole right he was not to me in my mind <laughs> i can barely remember that movie mm-hmm. i do remember enjoying it very much mm-hmm. um and i i really like the roles that elizabeth olsen chooses i think she chooses interesting stuff mm. and different stuff um and i really enjoyed her in that i feel like you can parallel the careers of like elizabeth olsen and jennifer lawrence like, I feel like mm, they were probably up for like a lot of similar roles and mm. a lot of similar things through time. I, I just think that Elizabeth Olsen, they didn't, or she doesn't get thrown into these things where she's playing like 10 years yeah, her the senior. Yeah, the weird age thing. Like, yeah. I, I think that she got to avoid that. Yeah. Um, 
and in this it's like very apparent like you know she's new like i am an fbi agent yes but at the same time it's like i kind of don't know what i'm doing out here i've never like i so related to her discomfort so Mm. easily of just you're a woman you're in this typically like kind of male role you're in a place that you're not familiar with in a community that you don't know like and kind of doesn't want you there yeah um i just feel like they convey her unease so well Mm. that's a a great way to put it unease Mm. overall for her um jeremy renner's role is a bit of a weird one it's like I know the place. I know the people. Like I can kind of be your way in, mm. but it, they also give up, give him like the agenda. Of, like I'm also going to kill all these dudes the minute I find whoever did this. <laughs> um, what I found great was Jeremy Renner's like uh, costuming in this movie. A lot of Carhartt. A lot of a lot of <laughs> yeah. a lot of uh, overalls. Yeah. All right. A lot of uh, big hats. Okay. <laughs> I want to start a line. It's called Renner Wear, okay? Oh, God. And what, you know, do you, do you want to feel tough, but not you're not actually Jeremy, tough? Jeremy, turn this off. All this right? is not a real idea. Call me, Jeremy, all no, right? We got to no. get back in touch, He's okay? He's just joking. Make some big moves. Don't listen to him. Anyway, Wind River. Oh, uh, it's on Netflix. Go watch it. <laughs> um, what else? I just remember her, like, even her Elizabeth Olsen's clothing, like oh, it's yeah. too big. Like there's nothing physical or intangible that is comfortable for her. Like when she gets there, like she doesn't have the proper mm-hmm. gear for the weather, and like you no, know, someone's like, "Here's my old ski clothes," yeah. and they're like from 1992. They're like hyper color, like poor thing, just Michelin man around, and, like bright to... yellow. Yeah, and yeah. She's just like, "You're you're not supposed to be here." It was great. Um, I watched Finch featuring Tom Hanks, period. He's the only person in this film. I would love to hear about this. I'm very excited to see this. I've not seen it yet, Mm. but go on. You know, I love an apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, this is a weather apocalypse. This is all kinds of apocalypses happening in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go on. Um, so he is an engineer. Who, like, I feel like the apocalypse has been around for a while. Mm-hmm. They're, like, really in it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a, clearly a very brilliant engineer. Um, he has this dog. And he is like, oh, the weather is turning. We got to get out of here. And he builds this robot. And they hit the road. Um, and there's one part... My favorite part is the scariest part, and it I was just, my butt clenched so tight. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. If a butt could have abs, my butt would have had abs. It was so clenched. I was just like, oh. It was so simple, and but scary. Like, you know how in, um, what was that uh, Korean, uh, detective crime movie that you oh had. memories of murder yes mm-hmm. remember how it was so scary just the very simple thing of the woman was walking mm. home yes. and you just see someone rise up in the background mm-hmm. and then go back down slowly yep it was as simple as that but i was just like <laughs> uh, it was my favorite part because it was terrifying um and so um it's a very simple story um little bits of it give you um 
just like one or two scenes kind of remind me of the road a little bit. Ooh, okay. Not quite that dark, but like, oh, um, I enjoyed it. I, it was exactly what it was, what it's at was advertised as. Mm-hmm. Um, I love seeing Tom Hanks. It was, uh, not a horribly huge stretch for him, but I feel like he was having a good time. I feel like this is Tom Hanks in his pocket, you know? Like, man against nature, also, like, he's gonna make you cry, you know? This is a big Tom Tom Hanks cry situation. I don't think I cried. Like, uh, as <laughs> I saw the trailer, I was like, well, I'm gonna cry during this. <laughs> <laughs> There's, if I didn't cry, I don't, I'd be shocked if you cried. It looked like they gave him two Wilsons, like, gave him the dog <laughs> <laughs> and the robot. Like, oh, is he a Wilson? Is he gonna die? <laughs> like, it just yeah. felt like all the stakes were with these three characters. It's a lot. It's a lot for three people, mm-hmm. three entities. Um, so, yeah, I will be excited to discuss it when you watch it. Um, I, I had the opportunity to watch it at my sister's place. Mm. Um, she had seen it before, and she was like, yeah, I cried. Like, oh. no. <laughs> Am I heartless? <laughs> Did something happen during COVID? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, um, no, I'm very excited to see it. It looks, I don't know what kind of exclusive deal he has with Apple. I know, right? But every film he's been in in like the last two years. He did that submarine World War II thing that I tried and could not get through. (laughs) I love me. It's in water. It's World War II. Two things. Yeah. Couldn't do it. Interesting. Yeah. He also had another film on there, I think. Oh, really? Or a series he produced or something like that. Mm-hmm. And now this, so like he has some like exclusivity deal with them, and I, this is the one that I'm most interested in. Mm. Um, and it feels like Apple has been doing like a lot of big swings lately, and so far yeah, it's just like content and things are putting out there. So it feels like you know it took like a couple of years, but it feels like they're really like up and running now. I mean, it's still for me, it's still very much just a few things here and there. Mm-hmm. Um. But as they keep doing stuff, I mean, yeah, I think it's, for me, is it up and, it's like finally getting to, like, okay, here, here we go. Okay, this is starting to be worth the price now. I mean, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not put the cart before the horse, Jason. (laughs) Um, But there's more than just Ted Lasso on there. And And C, (laughs) which I still just don't understand. This is the part where I should say, like, you know, no offense to C. All offense to C. This doesn't seem like a good show. (laughs) Oh, boy. C is something I'll never see. Uh, Because I just... I can't. Uh, I think I tried, and I. Ugh. It's like that first slate of shows they had. Like we've got the morning show, and we've got C. It's like, okay, sure. <laughs> weird jumble, guys. <laughs> this is a weird set of things to put out. Yeah. But they found their groove. Not their groove, but they they found a gem with Ted Lasso. Yeah. And they're able to now anchor everything to that and like hope it works. I think because so, now that they have that, I imagine they can be like, we're the people who put out. Ted Lasso so don't you want to come and work with us kind of yeah it's like this is a so, home for like you know this style of comedy yeah, you like can do, NBC's not doing it you can clearly do weird stuff if Ted Lasso and C are on there so <laughs> you know if you have something kind of different yeah I mean that that might be their hook it's like yeah. hey like quality things that are a little different so we'll see but we won't see <laughs> see <laughs> 
What else you got? Um, what else did I see? Oh, um, did a little bit of a marathon. I'll talk about three movies in one breath. Ooh, uh, all right. My girlfriend decided to take the journey with me to watch uh, three of the, Jesus Christ, almost three, four, five, six, seven Rocky movies, oh, God. including Creed. Um, sorry, eight Rocky movies, including the Creed movies. So we started with uh, the first you three. all eight? No, we watched oh. three. Okay. So one, two, and three we saw. Um, it is a story of a man who, at the end of the day, might be a bit special needs. That oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, like the first movie is like, oh, you're oh, okay. Um, As in, um, like this is a man suffering from post concussion syndrome, very hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then as the movie's going, it's like, nah, he's just a guy. Like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I feel like it should have gone the opposite order, but okay. Yeah. Like, and you can see, like, you know, the bigger the star Stallone becomes, the more influence he has over it. Like, you know, the more flashy and glitzy it becomes. It's like, all right, this is just a music video now that's <laughs> starring you. But fine. <laughs> all that aside, it is a very inspirational series. Like, you can absolutely see, like, why this is a template for, like, you know, other sports action films. Oh, I didn't know that. Absolutely. It's just like, you know, an underdog story where in which this person kind of rises to the top or rises to meet the challenge. I'd say the first one's interesting in the fact that, like, he doesn't actually win. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he, he loses. But the fact is, he went the distance. You know, he lasted all the rounds with the champion of the world despite being underskilled and undervalued and just, like, working really hard. What um, came out first, Rudy or... Oh, Rocky by, like, 15 years or something oh, really? like that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Rudy was like 91. I think Rocky 1 was like 76. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, um, that makes sense. Yeah, Sean Astin. Okay. Yeah, it won Best Screenplay, I believe, uh, the, the first Rocky film. Interesting. Yeah, it, it, it was nominated for Oscars. Hmm. Um, yeah, to Rocky 1, you know, uh, underdog goes the distance. Rocky 2, like, he's going to win this time. But also, it's really sad at the start because it's like, he has difficulty reading and like oh no like he can't find a, a job or a career after not being yeah. able to box anymore it's like yeah. he suffered an injury in the first film where it's like oh you can't really see out of your left eye anymore oh god it's like and that's your dominant side like how do you expect to like have a rematch against this person when like you can't see out of your left eye like at close range oh jesus and like it's like a little sad it's like oh this man has like no livelihood anymore it also seems very real though yeah they do i feel like that probably is something for a lot of mm -hmm. boxers who aren't freaking many pacquiao or whatever yeah it's like oh you were like you know this not circus act but like you know you were this fluke thing that yeah. happened and like the city loves you but like what can you do and like it shows you like okay i'm gonna go work at this meat plant the meat plant fired him because like they have to lay a bunch of people off like i guess i'll go back to being a street thug collecting money like even that he couldn't get back into it's yeah. like like, I need to, like, work at the gym I trained at to, like, mm. be the guy that collects spit and towels. Oh, God. And then it's like, all right, I need to actually figure out how to fight to, like, now live a life. <laughs> so it's this big journey that happens. And three is just a music video. It's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Survivor in there, a lot of short shorts. Uh, he starts, you can see, like, he got really into bodybuilding. Like, oh. <laughs> it's like, all right, it's pretty fun. <laughs> So yeah, um, Rocky one through three, an interesting arc and roller coaster uh, for the first third of the Rocky franchise. Of 
Between Rocky 1 and 2, mm-hmm. which is your favorite? Um, I would say 2, because it's more sad. It, yeah. it just is more sad. It's just, I don't know, interesting. What is generally considered the best one, 1 or 2? The best one? 1, probably. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, and 2 has this cool-ass remix of the opening theme. <laughs> it's like, ooh, jazzy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I got. What else have you been watching? Um, listen, Noah won once again because I watched a couple episodes of The Librarians. <laughs> You've now added on a Mr. new branch, Mr. Wiley. Well played. <laughs> um, it's Indiana Jones meets Doctor Who. It's a weird show. It is, isn't it? It is It is very Canadian feeling. <laughs> it feels so Canadian. <laughs> um, it, I wrote that it makes Rizzoli and Isles look like Shakespeare. <laughs> um, so it's got Noah Wiley, Rebecca Romaine, Christian Kane, who is in Leverage, uh, John Harlan Kim, and randomly Bob Newhart. I don't know what Noah Wiley's got on Bob oh Newhart God. to get him in the show, but he is. That's amazing. Not a lot. He just kind of pops up. Um, my biggest issue, honestly, with this show is Rebecca Romaine. Really? That's surprising. I thought she... You saying her name, I was like, quietly like, oh, wow. <laughs> Why is she not good in it? Her acting is just not good. Oh, no. To be fair, it's not like they're giving her a ton. It's like a typical, she's an FBI agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's, of course, like a very cold woman who is serious all the time and seemingly has no levity in her life. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a pet peeve of mine. I do not like when people who are supposed to be athletic or fighters are clearly not either of those things. <laughs> And in the first scene, she is running around. She has a weird running gait. She's supposed to be an FBI agent. She has a gun in her hand. She is waving this thing around. Like, that is... <laughs> no gun discipline whatsoever. That is not how you're supposed to be holding a gun. Mm-hmm. I'm no gun expert. But I know that you should point it at the ground mm. when you are running or doing anything other than, you know, taking on a person. Mm-hmm. Girl, come on. <laughs> At some point, that's not her. You know, that's a director not giving the proper direction. She can do her research. <laughs> I don't like what they're doing with her hair. I don't like what they're doing with her outfits. No one is helping her. And I am angry about it. Again, that sounds like not her fault. That sounds like people not helping her. Her acting is also okay, not Okay, that's maybe her fault. <laughs> um, so... She's the weak link in this show for me. Mm-hmm. I, I greatly enjoy Noah Wiley. <laughs> <laughs> I might be his biggest fan. You might be. Um, shout out to the Instagram. People love Noah Wiley. <laughs> Wiley's. Invite me for Christmas. Like, <laughs> I wish I had been there for Thanksgiving. I think we'd have a good time. <laughs> he seems he seems genuinely like a pleasant person. Yes. And like his characters, like 
so the plot of the show, have you seen it? I so the librarian movies I watched. I there remember were movies. These started as TV movies on TNT that then got converted into a series. I didn't and I remember in college, like, we had it on in the room one time, and me and, like, one of my other roommates were like, I'm not watching The Librarian. <laughs> Neither am I. And then we watched The Librarian. <laughs> and then as we was watching, we're like, I'm not watching The Librarian. You're watching The Librarian. I'm just in the room. No, you are watching The Librarian. I'm just in the room. Like, it's just, <laughs> Anyway, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. You know, okay, so I didn't realize there were movies first. Mm-hmm. Gonna have to go back and watch. <laughs> Rebecca Romaine's not in those, right? I don't believe she is. Um, I just remember those being like Noah Wiley vehicles, 100%. Oh, perfect. That's what <laughs> yeah, I'm there all, for. It's all Wiley in those films. All Wiley all the time is what I'm here for. <laughs> um, the plot of the show being that these magical librarian people, there's only one, and they... Are Indiana Jonesing it around the world, tra- tracking down uh, artifacts um, such as Excalibur, um, and they keep them all here, which ended up being a show on Sci-Fi, essentially. Um, oh, Warehouse Thirteen. Yeah, yeah, it's like the same fucking show. <laughs> but you know what is mixing, missing? The Wiley. No, a goddamn Wiley. <laughs> um, so. Um, there's a decent number amount of special effects that are also very Canadian. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. um, big in Vancouver. Yeah, and so it was, um, but it was kind of upbeat and light. If I can get past Rebecca Romaine in her middle part, I mm. will continue watching this show. Okay, I, I mean, for the Wiley of it all, it looks light and fun. It feels like. A moose of a show. M O U S S E. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I was like, Moose the Animal. Now he's spelling mouse? <laughs> no. Okay. Mm, yes. It is a light whip mm-hmm. uh, of a show. A cool whip of a show. Okay. I mean, it looks like it's not trying to take itself too seriously. Overall. Definitely not. And it's recent, like this set of The Librarian is relatively recent, right? Because it did three librarian movies, took oh some time God. off, and then did the show. There were three Yeah. Movies? It was a big deal on TNT. Oh, my God. <laughs> and again, we'd be like, I'm not watching the librarian. <laughs> You're watching the librarian. I guess we got to sit here in this room and no one's watching the librarian as our eyes are fixed on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's called the librarian singular, and then this is the librarians, librarians plural, because yes. uh, com- some other people are brought now it's in. it's a team. It's an organization. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I'll continue watching probably. <laughs> I'll let you know how Noah is. Oh, uh, God. Um, so something else, I think in, the, in a very similar vein mm-hmm. to The Librarians, I've been watching Lock and Key on Oh, you've Netflix. continued on this journey. I've continued on the journey uh, with my girlfriend. And we finished it. Finished seasons one and two. Oh, okay. Um, I... Like this show a lot, oh. but I hate these kids so yeah. much. <laughs> I agree. Like I, I'm fine with the premise. It looks nice. 
it's just the kids are really annoying. They're super... And it's all about the kids. It's so focused on them. Like, the whole premise of the show is that these children move into this house. This family moves into this home. We've talked on the show before. Family moves into this home, and the kids are able to discover these magical keys which grant them wildly different abilities. However, there is uh, an outside force trying to collect the keys for its own nefarious purposes. Um, and thus the conflict arises. The annoying caveat of the show is that like adults can't perceive or remember magic. Mm-hmm. And that creates so many difficulties and like stupid, almost like writing dead ends that occur where it's just like, why, why, why are the adults on the show, period? Yeah. If that's the case. Like it doesn't aid anyone. If anything, it just slows the show down. Especially when it dips them into it. And then yeah. they forget, and you're just like, well, fucking, what was the point of this last 10-minute sequence? I gotta say, I feel bad for, like, the mom on the show, played by Dar- Darley Darby Stanchfield, and she is on a different show. <laughs> <laughs> and I really like her, actually, on the show. Like, she is on a Lifetime movie about a mother who's, like, taking her family back to their... After the tragic death of her husband. Back to the tragic death of her husband to his hometown, mm-hmm. and learns how to find love again. Yep. And these kids are fighting fucking demons <laughs> with fire keys and shadows and doors that lead to everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's insane the lives that they're living that are so goddamn different. Yeah. Like, you know how, like, people insert themselves into a show like through fan fiction? My fan fiction is coming into this house and straightening things out, all right? First of all... The kids go to boarding school. Everyone's going to school <laughs> right now. The little boy... Bodie, he doesn't go to school at all. He's yeah. never in school. No, he definitely should be. It's like, this child's going to be a year behind. Like, it's going to be weird for him. Can he read, guys? That's the question <laughs> I'm asking. <laughs> Bodie, what's two, two plus two? I've been, get out of my head. I've been saying this like every five minutes. Like, Bodie, read for me what's on the board. If you read for me what's on the board. You can stay home. <laughs> you can't do it, can you, Bodie? Get out of here and go to Today's school. Today's cursive day, motherfucker. Let's do this. <laughs> like the amount that this kid stays home and his siblings go to school mm-hmm. makes it feel like he's on some kind of weird punishment. And nobody's paying attention to him. No one is paying attention to him. People are paying attention to him the least. <laughs> it's a real indictment of the public school system <laughs> that no one's calling and be like, where's your son? He's been out of school for three months. Oh, God. And at one point he says, like, oh, yeah, I didn't go to school today. Like, when has that ever been true? You've never gone to school, Bodhi. Whatever. Um, all of the, it, it, it interests me as to why the keys were created, right? Like, this is, this is a show based on a comic book. I'm sure it's, it's explained in, at some point in time. Mm-hmm. But, like, the keys range in various abilities. Like, a key that you stick into the ground and it grows plants. Ooh. Another key that you can stick into someone's head and, like, see all their memories. Right. Like, a key that, for some reason, controls demons made of shadows? That feels like... Oh, yeah, the shadow demon key. Unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the best key, in my opinion, mm. the fire key, the matchstick <laughs> key. Like, it beats all keys. What does it do? It creates fires. Like, oh, okay. like okay, this demon's coming at me. Why don't I just burn it? Oh. <laughs> like, oh, this is a key that creates a chain. I could just melt the chain with the fire. The fire key is the best key. I'll fight anybody. <laughs> and I want anyone to step to me to say that the fire key is not the best key. Jason just secretly praying Bodie <laughs> steps up to debate him <laughs> to take out the small child. <laughs> um, but yes, like like I said, I'm obviously into it. Yes. However. <laughs> you are passionate. 
like it is very interesting the lore of the show is very interesting like the idea behind these keys is very interesting it's written by um joe hill who's stephen king's right. kid um and you can obviously like working out something here with the dad of the whole idea of dead father and <laughs> oh, like no. you know this legacy left behind that you now have to deal with ah Although your dad's not dead. I was going to say, right? he's still alive. <laughs> Unless I missed the news. Stephen King is very much alive. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it is an interesting show. Um, every season, they, they manage to end on a cliffhanger. I would say this. Season two is much better than season one. Oh, okay. They really have picked up the pace and like know how to like connect episode to episode and really like are able to draw you in. Like Season one, we had a hard time, like, you know, just, like, staying awake sometimes for, like, episode to episode. But season two was like, oh, shit. What happens next episode? Oh, Bodhi's little adventures and Clavis <laughs> and keep you going? I feel like your disdain for Bodhi is equivalent to my love for Noah Wiley. It's just, You're it, they're inverse, not but equal. wrong. Bodhi is played by the same kid um, that played Georgie in the It movies. Uh, the little boy that's oh, eaten first. Okay. And I understand. <laughs> I hope this child never hears. We're going to ruin him. He's going to end up being 12 years old uh, with like a coke problem. And to be fair, he's doing fine. Yeah. The kid's great on the show. The way they write him. The way they write him is just, come on, man. Don't disservice this character like this. Yeah. Not totally. his fault. Um, but yeah, Lock and Key, it's on Netflix. Season two just came out a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to season three. You know, I hope Bodhi goes to school. (laughs) It's just three episodes of him learning. (laughs) If it was a season about him, like, just going to school, I'd be so for it. I'd be so supportive of him. (laughs) Socializing. Look at you. (laughs) Yeah, kid has no friends. He has one that lives in Nebraska. Oh, boy. And one, he has two friends. Doesn't isn't he like pals with some ghost in the first season where he like zips around? He's got two point five friends. <laughs> 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 I don't know if you count a ghost as a whole thing. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Disrespectful. That's fine. <laughs> I'm sorry, ghosts. <laughs> don't haunt me. <laughs> But uh, what else have you watched? Um, my last thing is I watched uh, two and a half episodes of the new documentary series Animal on Netflix. Oh, please go on. I don't know anything about Animal. It is about animals. Okay. Uh, there's four episodes. Um, the first one is big cats and then dogs and then marsupials and then octopus. Hmm. We're going from very general to more specific. Um, And instead of having one, I think, uh, I want to say it was made by Netflix. Um, But it wasn't like your typical like BBC production. Mm -hmm. Um, They have different narrators. The first one is Rashida Jones. Oh, that's cool. Which like, she has a very relaxing voice. I support her doing more voice work. Voice work. Okay. Um, She gets a little little fun sometimes. Mm -hmm. It was great. Um, Rebel Wilson. Oh. Brian Cranston. I would love to hear his voice in documentary for me. He was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, and then, so I'm halfway through the Rebel Wilson one with marsupials. Um, and then when I was, uh, taking my notes for this episode, the last one, Pedro Pascal. Oh, wow. I'm very excited. <laughs> oh, boy. It became an ASMR documentary oh, my for God. you. Um, so it's not as 
um not quite as epic even though it's beautiful it's not quite as epic as like your bbc i don't think there's Mm -hmm. that kind of money behind it um but i will say i learned a lot in these like i feel like i came away with more not that i can remember them now but more like fun facts about these animals than have been pointed out in um uh previous documentaries okay um so if you're an animal lover i would strongly suggest it it was really enjoyable because it's only four episodes i hope they do another season okay Um, each an hour long just about yeah okay like is the format like i know in many nature documentaries it's like looking at like a particular group of animals sometimes Mm -hmm. or looking at like a wide breadth of like a a certain kind of space or something Mm -hmm. like that or certain kind of biome like because it seems to be cats dogs marsupials Mm -hmm. and what was the last one octopus octopus like are we looking are are we like sitting down with experts talking with them as we interspersed between film are we just looking at animals in their habitat looking at animals in their habitat okay that's pretty fun i've always wanted to see like you know more domestic animals being looked at like let's look at some dogs and talk about them for a second i mean the dogs one I think it takes a slightly different viewpoint mm-hmm. than um, than other documentaries. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a lot of it's kind of the relationship between these animals and humans. Okay. Um, especially with like the dogs one, they focus a bit more on, and other animal document- documentaries have done this, but a decent portion of it was looking at how f- like red foxes um, interact with humans in like england i understand that it's a bit of an overpopulation thing happening over there with red foxes i don't know if it's overpopulation but it's certainly like they are part of the city now it's like okay there's a pigeon there's a sparrow there's a red fox like and like (laughs) there's a stray cat like it's a part of the the city biome yeah okay um just because of everything they don't harp too much on though i completely support it and i get it I just, it's hard when you're wanting to look at beautiful animals and you're just like, oh, yes, we're killing the world. Um, Mm -hmm. So it touches on it, but um, I feel like maybe it has a little bit more of a hopeful spirit. Okay. (laughs) Um, And yeah, it tracks these foxes, which is fascinating, um, and how they've adapted. Huh. Yeah. Two little fun trivia facts about all the things you just spoke of for animals. Mm. One, uh, at the end of Fleabag, mm. where she sees like oh, a yeah. fox run across, I think for a lot of non-British audiences, they're like, what the fuck does that mean? But for, I think, for oh, British it's audiences, it's like, yeah, why wouldn't there be a fox? Yeah, foxes <laughs> at night. Yep. Like, that's a thing. Um, and it doesn't, nec- it, of course, has symbolism, but like, mm. maybe a bit more common than you would think. It's not as kind of otherworldly as yeah. it might feel. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. And for Brian Cranston doing voice work, he's no stranger to that either. Uh, Brian Cranston in the 90s, before be, like becoming a huge name and you know, breaking out things like Seinfeld and Malcolm in the Middle, did a lot of voice work for Power Rangers and various oh, animes, uh, dubbing a lot of uh, anime work in the United States. He's got it. I feel like, I feel like everyone's just trying people out for David Attenborough as an older gentleman. <laughs> I feel like they're just testing the water to see who's going to fit who in this. can carry the mantle? Yes. Because you have to get somebody who can speak warmly but authoritatively. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of a tough combo. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like they're just trying people out here. <laughs> Season two. Brian, more I think you might have the job. <laughs> I was, I felt uh, comforted, <laughs> but informed. So, you know. Pedro, 
Here's a phone book. Uh, I mean, just read through it for me. Yeah, I'm a real. I'm real excited to get back to this documentary <laughs> series. I am gonna learn so much about octopuses. Um. So yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Okay, I I'll have to check it out again because you know the algorithm of Netflix is the algorithm of Netflix. Excuse me, algorithm of Netflix. You don't. That has never that has never popped up for me. <laughs> so I think I have to seek that out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think I have anything else for this particular episode. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for sitting with us and listening or driving with us and listening, however you're listening. Doing to laundry, cleaning yeah. up the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, my kitchen only gets clean when a new episode of our <laughs> podcast comes out. Let me tell you, it's looking rough these days. <laughs> so hopefully we're inspiring you to clean. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Making it a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening to us. Uh, yeah, check us out on the Instagram. Thank you for the likes. Uh, thank you for you know commenting. Please do. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you want to hear us talk about. Maybe. I'm desperate for attention. <laughs> Anything. I'll happily respond. So, yeah, um, thank you, and we'll see you next episode. Thank you so much. Bye.